If you have your Bible, open to Matthew chapter 4. One of the things that you hear from us who lead quite a bit is that uh, part of our goal and purpose is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And most of you would be aware that most of the ministry that we do, all of us, doesn't happen on Sunday mornings. It happens in other places. It happens in discipleship groups. It happens in your sphere of contact and influence. Wherever you're, you are, you're carrying that presence of God. And so uh, in light of that, I want to actually be talking this morning about uh, what I think is, again, one of the keys for kingdom ministry today, which is hearing God's voice, uh, which was great to have Olaf and Liana sharing with us. A number of years ago, Mary and I, were, uh, we lived in South Africa uh, quite a few years ago, and we had a team with us there that had come from the church we were part of in Southern California, and there were seven of us, and we lived in this house, and through circumstances, we had some money. We needed to get a vehicle, so I had done some research and was looking around and went to this car dealer to buy a secondhand little, uh, what they call there, a combi van, a Volkswagen van. Uh, tells you how long ago it was. And uh, had found a good one and had it checked out and uh, was ready to, to get it and drove back to the dealer a second time with money to actually purchase this combi van. And as I got there, talked with the, uh, the salesman I had talked to before, I felt the Holy Spirit say, stop. And that kind of threw me. I thought, no, this is a good van. I actually kind of convinced myself that, you know, you, can, you know how you can do that. You can say, okay, well, this is what I think the Holy Spirit is saying. But, but the Bible says, let your yes be yes. And you don't know. And I've already said yes. But the Holy Spirit just said, wait. And I had no reason why, no understanding. It's a whole long story of God teaching me to trust him and to hear him. Uh, What happened is that two days later, we actually were given notice to leave the house that we were all living in, and we ended up moving to two separate houses, and instead of needing one vehicle, we needed two. And so we didn't need one that would hold seven, we needed two that would hold three or four. I learned something. Maybe God knows things I don't. I shared that with Tony the other day. He said, there's no maybe about it. I'm pretty sure he does. But sometimes we don't have the understanding right up front. The difficulty for me in learning to hear God's voice is that his voice wasn't dramatic enough. I was raised, as I've shared with you, in an uh, evangelical church. We didn't actually believe God spoke today. We believed that he had spoken in his word, and that was enough. Uh, if you'd said that, that God spoke to you, they would take you to the 
place to get some, to the alongside conference to get some help with your mental health. They would have said, there's, there's something wrong with you if you think God speaks to you. Interestingly enough, a talk show host in America just used that exact same criticism for the new Speaker of the House in the Parliament because he said he has a Christian worldview and he believes the Bible. And this guy criticized him and said he's as insane as the guy who just shot up 22 people because he heard voices. My problem was it wasn't dramatic enough. I expected God's voice to be something like thunder, you know, fireworks, something. And it took me a long time to realize that God doesn't always speak like that. Go with me to Matthew chapter 4. This is the story of Jesus being led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That very first verse in in chapter 4, verse 1, and Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, I struggled with for a long time. The Holy Spirit led Jesus to be tempted. But it goes on, and he tells him that uh, command the stones to be bread, and Jesus answered and said, it is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We often focus on the not by bread. He actually says we live by hearing God's voice. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He's actually uh, quoting Deuteronomy 8, and we'll go there in a moment. But the word, word, (laughs) the word, word, but by every word, that word, word is actually rhema, which literally means that which is uh, said or spoken. Okay? And so basically he's saying we live by hearing God's voice. This is only the second thing in Matthew that's recorded Jesus ever speaking. Uh, in one of the other gospels, it's the first thing. Uh, but Jesus is actually saying right up front, We don't live by the natural. We don't just live by bread. There's more to it than that. But he's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8. So let's go over there and take a look at that. This is where they're about to go into the promised land to possess the land Verse 2, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Now, if you look at that closely, it's saying God spent 40 years leading you in the wilderness to humble you and to teach you one thing, to make you know 
that we live by hearing his voice. Now, if you took that one scripture by itself, that would be a lot. But if you read through the rest of Deuteronomy, you'll see that that is a highlight for all the book. A number of times in the book of Deuteronomy, it talks about hearing the voice of God and being obedient. Later in that same chapter, in uh, verse uh, 19 and 20, but in verse 20, it says, As the nations which the Lord destroyed before you, so you shall perish, because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. It says it a number of times if you read through, and then you come to the end of the chapter, I mean, the, toward the end of the book, in chapter 27, 28, and 29, where it talks about us hearing and obeying the voice of God. Chapter 28, verse 1, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which he commanded you, then you'll be blessed. Verse 2, and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. He's actually saying this is an incredibly important aspect, and it's the very first thing that Jesus refers to when he's facing temptation. Before his ministry, in the foundation, he says, we don't live by bread. We live by hearing God's voice. You still with me? What I want to encourage you with this morning is that each one of us has to learn to hear God's voice. Each one of us has the privilege of learning to hear God's voice. You might say to yourself, well, can I just rely on others to tell me what God says? Olaf and Liana, they can tell me what God's saying. I can expect the preacher to tell me what God's saying. Can I just trust in someone else to tell me what God is saying? Someone once said a number of years ago, you can get large crowds of people at a gathering where there's a recognized prophet, but it's a whole lot, whole lot harder to get people at a gathering where the focus is prayer. I want someone else to tell me what God's saying rather than actually meeting him myself. Why? Why can't I rely on others? Because back in Matthew 4, where we were just reading and Jesus said this, just actually two scriptures later in verse 6, what we end up with is the devil quoting the Bible. In Matthew 16, where Jesus says, I will build my church, and Peter has this revelation of who he is. Just a few scriptures later, in verse 22 and 23, even Peter, who had that great revelation, gives Jesus advice that is ungodly. And Jesus turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan. Ezekiel 13 Two and three talks about people who prophesy out of their own hearts. How do you know 
what God is saying. You've got to learn to hear his voice. See, I want to share this with you. I think that God wants each of us to walk in intimacy with him. That's why Jesus came. Every one of us. Not to let someone else do it for us. The team that leads us in worship doesn't worship on our behalf. They lead us so that we can worship. We can come into his presence. Those who are prophetic don't hear God on our behalf. They equip us to hear God. That's what the Ephesians four gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are for, for the equipping of the saints. Not to do it for us. He wants us to walk with him, and then I believe that he then holds us accountable for the truth that we know, what he's revealed and spoken to us. You're accountable for what God's spoken to you what he's revealed to you by his spirit. You're not accountable for what I know. I'm accountable for what I know, but you're accountable for what you know. Okay, everyone take a big deep breath. This is joyful today. I get intense and it sounds like I'm getting intense, but I'm not. I just want you to be released. What is God speaking to you? And are you responding? You don't have to respond to what everyone else is hearing. You don't have to respond to someone else's revelation. You have to respond to what God's saying to you. So if this is so important and so valuable, which it seems to be from the scripture, how do we learn to hear and recognize his voice? I want to give you five practical things this morning. The first one is very simple. Ask him to teach you. He realizes how important it is. He said it. He took these Israelites and for 40 years led them and taught them by giving them manna every day that they must live by hearing his voice. So that's his focus. So he knows. So ask him. I did that when I was younger. And I found that uh, I would pray that every, every week. God, teach me to hear your voice. And on Sunday mornings, I would say, God, would you speak to me? And I would find a scripture that, that seemed important to me. And I found out that... Coincidentally, the pastor was preaching on that same scripture. For 18 months. It took me that long to realize God was speaking to me because it wasn't as supernatural as I thought it would be. I was just reading a scripture and something stood out. I went, wow, that's cool. And then I'd go to church and the pastor would preach on the same scripture. I'd say, wow, that, that's pretty cool. What a coincidence. For 18 months. Yes, I'm slow. But what happened is I had this expectation that hearing God's voice had to be something supernatural. 
from the standpoint I had to get in some sort of trance or I had to, had to, to hear some sort of thunder or, you know, I had to, I, I read once of a guy who, he was talking with someone and all of a sudden God wrote a word on the person's forehead. And this was many years later and I said, God, how come I don't ever see anything like that? Interesting enough, I felt the whole, I said, God, why don't you speak to me like that? And at that point, I felt God say, because I don't have to. Because you've actually learned to, to listen. But it took me a long time. So ask him. If it doesn't seem supernatural, how do you know? The very first time I felt like, well, I was told that what I had was a word of, of wisdom. I was in a meeting, a, a meeting of college students, and there was this certain situation that we were facing, and I just felt, hey, we just need to do this. And everyone went, whoa, that was a word of wisdom. And in my brain, I was thinking, no, that was just common sense. (laughs) Anybody should be able to see that. But it wasn't. It was actually the Holy Spirit. But because it wasn't some voice ringing in my ears, it just seemed natural. And so there is something of hearing God that is naturally supernatural. It's not usually being so overwhelmed that I fall down in a trance. So how do we recognize, learn to hear and recognize his voice? Ask him to teach us. And then secondly, very simple, obey what he reveals and says. The Bible uses this old term that says give heed. It means listen. <laughs> listen. Turn off all the background noise. But listen to both the word and the spirit. What is saying to you as you read his word? Are you actually expecting him to speak to you? Are you saying, God, will you speak to me? Someone once said, God doesn't speak to hear himself talking. And so there's something in our heart that says, God, I want to hear your voice, but I want to hear your voice so that I can obey it. Someone said, if you feel like that you're in a drought and you're not hearing God's voice, go back to the last thing he directed you to do. And if you haven't obeyed, why would he speak any more to you? Huh? Sometimes God knows more than we do. He's pretty smart. Third practical thing in this is recognize he starts small. I met a guy once who told me that God had called him to be a prophet to the nations. And he was going to speak to kings and, and presidents. I said, oh, that's awesome. But it starts with hearing his voice and sharing what he says for the person next to you. 
If you're waiting for the big thing before you do anything, you're probably going to miss it. He starts small. He said, here's a scripture for someone. Here's a word of encouragement. And he looks to see. He tests your heart whether you'll be humble enough to listen and obey. And if you won't, he probably is never going to give you a word for kings or presidents. Fourthly, practical thing. Ask God for confirmation for big things. What does that mean? When you're actually involved in something, you're asking God something big. Ask him to confirm it outside of you. Through people that you know and trust. Through leaders that God's added you to. But there's something about saying, God, I believe that I'm hearing you say this, but will you confirm it? Especially if it's a major thing. If it's moving to another city or another country or something major, just say, God, hey, I want to hear your voice, but will you confirm it? Mary and I were part of Youth with a Mission a number of years ago uh, when we were youth. (laughs) Before I had white hair. Oh, it was a long time, so it's more than 30 years. And uh, we were, had done a discipleship training school, and we were praying about being part of a team that went to another island in the Pacific called Saipan to establish a uh, YWAM base. And we had been praying about this, and it was a major thing because it's a major step. And uh, we, so we felt like we had heard from God, but we asked God, would you confirm it through the leaders at YWAM, but also for the leaders of the church that we were from in Southern California? And so in the midst of that, we felt we heard God, and we had a certain deadline, and the leaders at YWAM felt that it was a good thing. But we hadn't heard back from the leaders of our church in California. We, we lived in Hawaii at this point, and so we were expecting them, and, and I was frustrated, and so it was a Monday evening, and we had to have an answer by Wednesday. Hadn't heard from them for a number of weeks and I was frustrated, and I was, we were driving home from a, a late-night evening class, and it was probably 9 or 9.30 in the evening, and I'm just kind of steaming. I, you know, God, these guys, they don't even care to, to pray about this, and, and uh, you know, it's, maybe we should just go anyway and forget what they say. And very clearly, God spoke into my heart, and he said, did you ask them to confirm it? Or did you ask me to confirm it through them? There's a huge difference. Do I trust God to speak through leaders or people? Or do I look for their confirmation? See, the problem with that is too often we then want to color the picture for them. I want Steve and Barb to confirm something I'm feeling. So I'm going to tell them how wonderful it is. I'm going to tell them how great and how I've heard God and, and, and uh, how this is ringing in my heart. And, and I want them to confirm it. But I don't tell them any of the negative side. I just tell them how wonderful I think it is. 
Rather than saying, God, will you confirm it through Stephen Barb? And I asked them to pray. And I trust the Holy Spirit in them to speak to me. Yeah, or we only go to people that we like or, you know, the, the other thing is that you can just keep going until you find someone that confirms, <laughs> you know. Uh, I've met many people like that. And so they, I found my, my wife's third cousin who lives in another nation who uh, eventually agreed with me and said, yes, yeah, I, I think you should do that. Yeah, I've got the confirmation I need. Huh? <laughs> Whatever you want to do, just yeah, leave me alone. Why? Because God speaks. And so there's something in our heart when we want to obey. I learned something when I was young, and it's... It served me well for a lot of years, and I believe this. God never allows his kingdom to suffer because of a lack of communication on his part. If my heart is to hear him and obey, and it's for his kingdom's sake, he will communicate. But if it's for my sake, if it's for my sense of Whatever. And lastly, the fifth practical thing is to recognize that when God speaks through humans, there's a mixture of the Holy Spirit and the human vessel. You've heard me talk about this in the past. There's a spectrum when God speaks of the Holy Spirit and us. When God speaks through me, unfortunately, it comes with an American accent. But that's not all it comes with. It comes with an understanding of Scripture. It comes with a uh, history. And that happens through all of us. And so there is this mixture of the spirit and the human vessel. But just because there's some human in it doesn't mean that God isn't speaking. you got to say, God, what, what are you saying in the midst of this? And are you saying it to me or to someone else? You still with me? What is God speaking? So someone comes up and shares a prophetic word or a word of knowledge or a, uh, a tongue and interpretation and maybe it comes with a little bit of their theological baggage. And you can get focused on that and totally write the whole thing off because their theology wasn't just right. Rather than say, hey, God, what are you saying in this? And are you saying something to me? I mean, because not everything that... that is spoken, especially in a, a meeting like this, is for every person. It might be a word of knowledge that's for Tony. And Tony knows that God's speaking to him. He's then uh, accountable to God for what God's saying. But you might go, nah, I don't get it. <laughs> Nothing. That's okay. It might not be for you. But when it is for you, don't write it off because it comes through a 
human vessel that isn't perfect. If we waited for God to find a perfect vessel to use, we would never have any manifestations of the Spirit. Because none of us are perfect besides Jesus. And Mary. So what does this mean for us? In the midst of all that's happening in the world, in the midst of the wonders of what God's doing in us, the privilege that we have of living where we are, what does it mean? Let me give you two things to apply. One, would you pray, Lord, teach me to hear your voice and to obey. Stir up again the privilege of being in his presence. Stir up again that that fullness of the spirit. He is a God who loves to communicate. And then let me give you something very specific. Would you ask God to give you a word of encouragement or exhortation or comfort or scripture or something for someone else? Today or this week? Would you say, God, would you give me something of encouragement for someone? A scripture. A word of encouragement. A word of knowledge, a word of, would you actually ask God and expect him to speak to you and then will you actually share it with them? It could be today, but it could be later on this week. Thing is that if you ask God to share something with you and he does, and it doesn't seem terribly supernatural, it seems fairly ordinary. And you think, Is that God? Or is that me? How do you know? You share it. And you find out. (laughs) A couple weeks ago, in the middle of the night, I felt God spoke a word to me for one of the guys in the church here. It was quite undramatic. It was simply, yes, God says yes. Really? And so, happened to come on Sunday morning, and he was here early. And I walked up to him and said, this might seem strange, but I felt like God said to tell you, he says yes. And he just started crying. He's been looking, asking God for some direction for something and asked God to speak to him through somebody else. I had no clue, no understanding, which is what made it supernatural to him because he knew I didn't know. Isn't that awesome? Then, then you know Hey, God's speaking to me. Now, had I gone up to Bruce that morning and said, God says yes, he would have went, 
What? All the promises of God are yes and amen. I can, I can make it into something good. No, it, it, it would have been something. But he wouldn't have that sense of God speaking to me. We get the privilege. So let me ask you. Would you just ask God to give you a word? Would you do it right now? Bow your head. Please. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. I get excited. My wife keeps me polite. Lord, we recognize your word, but also your spirit. We want to hear what you're saying in your word, but we also want to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. In this day and age, you're looking for people who will hear your voice, walk in intimacy, hear your voice, and share what you're saying, not what we're saying. Not what our ideas, our thoughts are, as good as those might be, but what are you saying? And so, Lord, we simply humble ourselves and say we want to be people who hear your voice. Will you teach us? And then will you give us specific words? And then will you give us the recognition to, to pay attention Lord, you've spoken a number of things to us this morning about unity and about drinking of the river and about that intimacy with you and something that you're wanting to do that impacts the community around us. And we recognize that it's not because we're such a wonderful, special group of people. It's because of your presence and hearing your voice. Lord, would you use us? Would you speak to us? In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your head bowed for a second. If you actually are praying that, expect God to give you something. And if he doesn't do it right now, ask him to do it during the week. But he might do it right now. You might actually get your whole week's homework done before you go have coffee. Maybe you'll share it over coffee or tea. Maybe you'll send someone a text later in the day, or maybe right now. You can go and say, hey, I feel like God's saying this. Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.